Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. I've spent a lot of time expanding my vocabulary as a um, writing chord progressions. I'll, I'll sit there and have maybe a melody and I'll put, I don't know, 13 choices underneath that, different things that it can do, just to see what all it can do. It's like, well, you know, like when people play with their computers, well, what can it do? Well, it's the same thing that I do with the melody line. What, how far can I take this? And can I make a few different pieces where you wouldn't even know you're listening to the same melody? Hey, everybody. You're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts. I'm Ephraim Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on this episode, we're talking about Samurai, a B-side from Tori's third album, Boys for Pele. Feeling my 90s temptress. You are. This yeah. retreat has gotten you so hot and bothered. I mean, <laughs> hotter and more botheredder <laughs> than I was. Yes, exactly. You've always been bothered. And I'm just like, yeah, I'm fanning myself because we just had that e- e- equipment failure mm-hmm. we were mm-hmm. dealing with. Yeah. And had to make an emergency run. We did have a store. Fa- equipment failure. It was harrowing. It was harrowing. And it's, what time would you say? Almost nine? Mm-hmm. No. Guitar Center closed at nine. But it's eight o'clock and it's about to be daylight savings. We're going to set the clock forward. So really it's nine. It's almost nine o'clock. And? I mean, nothing can ruin the retreat vibe. Right. Other than having to make an emergency run to Guitar Center. Although David was driving to Guitar Center and left his pumpkin PJs on. Literally wearing my pumpkin PJs. Well, it's funny because you put your pants on. Did you say pumpkin PJs? I must have. You must have, because I didn't look at them closely enough to realize there's not even pumpkins on them. They're mm. just orange with cats on them. They're orange and Halloween-y. Yeah. I have other pumpkin PJs. Okay. Well, these have no pumpkins on them. I, I, brought, sh- I brought an array of looks for this <laughs> retreat. Well, so. it's a very long retreat. Keep you on your toes. We have, what is it, 12, 14 B-sides to get through. Mm-hmm. And six album era tracks. And, you know, there's so much. So who knows how long we're going to be on this retreat. We're going to be here forever, probably. This is a location-based recording session. I have a box set up that I make Eve enter Mm -hmm. every time we kind of record an episode. I put my hand through the box to hold the microphone. And I slap it. Just a little thing we do. Smack. Um, we're here to talk about Samurai. Which was... might not even be a real song. I mean, if you were to ask Tori herself. <laughs> <laughs> right. She has no recollection of this song, clearly. Mm-hmm. But what I want to know, David, as you sip your hot toddy, the official <laughs> drink of the show, mm-hmm. have you ever met a Samurai? Not to my knowledge, but I feel like a Samurai would be able to kind of slip through undetected. Right. 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 So for all I know, I've met thousands of Samurai. Right. Exactly. You, you never know. You never know. <laughs> when did you first hear Samurai? Well, it's on the Cotolite Sneeze UK limited edition, mm-hmm. right? Um, which is interesting that the song meant enough to her to put it on kind of a major yeah. release like that. Yeah. Included with a couple of covers. This is the one original song yeah. of the batch. So... I'm not sure what that means, if anything, other than Tori was crazy back then. She was crazy. Well, I, I don't think it's the one original, right? Because Hungarian Wedding Song and Toodles, Mr. Jim. But Samurai's on the limited edition oh, the with limited the jazz date I covers, right? I see yeah. what you're saying. Yes. London Girls, Sandwich Song, Samurai. Mm-hmm. I think we've said all we have to say. It's clearly... <laughs> <laughs> 
You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Waited you waited for the entirety of the Paley episodes to right. get to Samurai, and this is what <laughs> this is what you got. Right. Like Samurai's a Samurai, your we're song. in and out. Right. Barely detected. Barely detected. <laughs> this song is clearly improvised. Uh, clearly. There's a fade in where George Porter Jr. is doing his thing, and Tori's feeling it, and she's like, yeah, you do your thing. I'm going to let yeah, you breathe. Exactly. Yeah. She allows him to do his thing, because mm-hmm. she's the one in control. You do your thing. Always. You do your you thing. You think she's giving him the illusion of control. Yeah. Spoiler alert. She's only played it live twice, so... If that. If, I mean, yeah, she's only referenced it we live can, twice. In total, we could call it like 0. 0.74 times exactly. if we want to get technical. If you want to get technical, which we do. Um, when was the first time you heard Samurai? I'm trying to think of when I got the Cotolite Sneeze UK single. It was shortly thereafter. I got the US version, so I'm sure it was sometime at the end of, end of January 96, I would imagine. How about you? I don't remember the first time I heard it, but this is the story I have with Samurai. I love Samurai. It's one of my favorite B-sides from the Pele era. The Pele era, for me, reminds me of hanging out with my friend Liz and hanging out with my friend Garrick and Brad and all these people at Liz's house and her younger sister Sarah and my friend Hank and everybody, right? And I remember listening to Samurai all the time and loving it. My friend Liz had a daisy tattoo on her ear right here, like right behind her ear. I don't know. This song holds special memories for me, and I really, 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 really like Samurai. Mm-hmm. And just that hook, the hook of it, I love. Not the main hook, but the sort of like belting out, and I'm free, I'm going to be. You know me, I'm going to be, hey. Again, that's a powerful kind of belt. Mm-hmm. Again, totally improvised, so. We assume. Well. She could have written it and then fucked it up mid-playing it, and that's why. I mean, it could have been that. I don't think so. Possibly. Though. No, I think this is really just a moment, oh, and we've got a oh, couple oh, of these oh. with... George Porter. I'm wondering what... (laughs) You do your thing. (laughs) So how do you think um, something like this transpired in the studio? Were they recording... Because Tori, you know, recorded the piano and vocals separately. So I'm just wondering what what they were up to when she was together with George Porter Jr., clearly with the piano. What do you mean she recorded the piano and vocals separately? From the rest of the instruments on the album oh, and, I see in the church. Saying. Oh, okay. So she had done, you know, all that heavy lifting, and they were sort of filling in, recording with the other artists, in this case, George Porter Jr. So I'm just wondering, was this between... Were they there to lay down bass for Father Lucifer and taking Uh-oh. breaks and improvising in between? I have just a feeling they're happening? playing together simultaneously. And oh, I, they yeah, they are. And she's clearly there with the piano. Yeah. But I just, I didn't realize that there were moments, other than what this indicates, that she was playing live with other musicians mm-hmm. who weren't just filling in their parts mm-hmm, mm-hmm. around what she had already recorded. Right. So I feel like, you know, he's there to lay down your, like you said, bass parts for other songs and they're just sort of feeling out, like getting into the groove of the song mm-hmm. and she's there to guide him along with, you know, with the piano to have fun and yeah. loosen up. You know what this I mean? This is like an intro jam yeah. to Mary's yeah, of the kind Sea of. Exactly. type thing. Exactly. Yeah. Back that ass up, George. Mm-hmm. But not that far. Oh, you spilled my drink. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> the angels don't know that song, George. George, if the angels is going to come in. You got to sing a song the angels know. <laughs> The angels don't know this song. George. Edith Bunker is she another keeps... presence that's been with us on this yeah, retreat. This and retreat. we have no idea why. I don't know why. That is a show that is before our and time. And I'm free. That we have no I particular attachment to. And suddenly, yeah. Archie. Archie, I'm going to be. <laughs> the angels don't know this song. Well, I love Samurai. Do you like Samurai? I got that look of shock on your face when I said it was one of my favorite B-sides from this era. We're learning a lot about each other. Yeah. Still, this is a deep well. I like when she's having fun. I like when she's unpredictable. I feel very like this song is going to go anywhere. I don't know. I like that. I like that. Who knows what will happen sort of attitude. Yeah. I appreciate it in the sense that, as I've said before, I like having a window into the creative process Mm -hmm. or the recording process. And I think this is that, but I would have a hard time even ranking it with other proper songs. Right, right. I do feel like it isn't a song in the sense that they set out to record it or they had anything, I, because of the way it kind of fades in, you know? Yeah. It's like, oh, let's capture the moment that this happened and it kind of starts here loosely. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a recording proper, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, like, oh, we're setting out to record something. Like, I think they were jamming and yeah, they took like, it's kind of like what Brian Nash said about Over It and All the Girls Hate Her, how that like, since it fades in, it's kind of like a, you can tell it was like something, a moment that happened. It was a longer, yeah. 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 That's how I feel. This song did not appear, oddly enough. This is like the one, uh, a couple of missions, I guess, from the Paley remaster. But this is a pretty a pretty startling one, considering yeah. it was a proper B-side released on right. the first big single from this album. Right. And it's nowhere to be found on a piano or the Paley remaster Why with all the other B-sides. Why do you think she did that? Why? Why? 
I don't. Do you think she saw it on the list of like, I don't have a song called Samurai and scratched off the list. <laughs> Thought it was a typo. I mean, kind of something, something like that. I mean, I love that if there was a choice to be made and she was like, should I put another mix of Tallulah on the bonus <laughs> disc that is very identical close. To... I mean, it's not identical. I, mean, right? it's... I love that we have it, but. Or something totally different that was a legitimate, you know, B-side release from this album. Like, no. Right. Another version of Tallulah. Right. Another version of Professional Widow. Same. Put the remix on there that we've had 12 times. I don't know. I feel like what, you know, on a certain day, whatever way the wind's blowing, if she had to make the same same decision a week later, she would would do it differently. Um, It's interesting to me that she did omit it because... Do we know how full that disc is? Was there just no room for something two minutes long? Was it jam-packed? I feel like it's pretty jam-packed. Yeah, it is. But yeah. And Samurai Clock's in around three minutes, so mm-hmm. maybe it was just time. But the Tallulah mix is a little similar. It's very similar, but yeah. it's different enough for me to find it interesting and to be glad that we have it. So if I had to choose between something like that versus Samurai that we have already, does it really need to be remastered and featured again? No. I'll take that and a Motor Maids and a Sucker. I'll t- I just wanted Samurai to be included because she's free. You think it got shafted? Yeah. Mm. She's going to be free. You think she's making a statement the way she yes. claims to not know yes that it exists the yes. way she sort of shafts the wrong band yes so does that mean this has some connection that we're not privy to that she'd rather not acknowledge anymore i don't know you think she had a bad samurai experience <laughs> you know the song feels so improvisational that i can't imagine there's like deeper associations with it even though like you said off mic the hook that I love so much and I'm free or you know me, you know me, I said I'm going to be is very similar to the you know me in Song for Eric. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine that that is at the heart of her excluding this song. I mean, who's this friend with her head? She's sticking on a daisy. Did they have some kind of falling out? taking her face. Let's, you know what, let's, let's get into the lyrics of this song. Why don't we do that? Okay. Okay, let's take a little break. Let's talk about our guest and our Patreon supporters. On this episode, we have Jared Good. He is a friend and a supporter, and he'll be on to talk about his love of samurai. And our, we'd like to say thank you to our new Patreon supporters. There is Chris, Alicia Harper, Bree O'Brien, Jason Delaney Drawhorn. Welcome to the family, everybody. And also thank you to Natalie Madison Taylor and Christian Malam, who upped their pledges to our $10 level. So, ah, let's talk about Samurai, and we'll get into the lyrics. relied on agriculture produced in distant estates. The wealthy landowners of these estates hired warriors to defend themselves from raids by local chieftains. By the 12th century, political power had shifted significantly away from the emperor. The Genpei War of 1180 to 1185 pitted the Taira clan with sworn loyalty to the emperor against the Minamoto clan, and the Minamoto's victory established the Kamakura Shogun a hereditary military dictatorship. The samurai warrior trained by serving under his master and following a strict code called Bushido, the way of the warrior. In battle, the warrior would decapitate his defeated enemy and mount the head on a spike. For a samurai who was facing defeat or dishonor, seppuku or harakiri was performed. This involved the warrior committing suicide by cutting into his belly with a dagger. As part of Bushido, samurai who had lost their master were also expected to commit harakiri. Those who did not became ronin, or drifters. Often there was stigma attached to being a masterless ronin, and many found other ways to make a living with their swords, becoming mercenaries, or turning to crime. 
What's the difference between a samurai and a ninja? Chinese, Japanese? No, I don't really? I don't know. Oh, you said that so convincingly. Okay, let's get into it. You want to dissect these lyrics, David? I have my scalpel out. Or my samurai sword, I guess. One of the major differences between the samurai and the ninja is who they exactly are. Samurai were warriors that belonged to the noble classes of ancient Japanese society. On the other hand, ninjas were often mercenaries, spies, and assassins, and would often belong to the lower classes of ancient Japanese society. is her samurai maybe her guard maybe a warrior protector someone to look after her she's very possessive of the samurai it's not yours it's my samurai hands off going to the end to What? So we have transcribed lyrics, and presumably this is what, like, were, were the samurai lyrics included in the Tori, that lyric, no. lyrics book? No. So she's, this is what it sounds like she's trying to say, perhaps, <laughs> but we're going to go with what we're actually hearing. Right. So. Going to the end to Yeah, I agree. I mean, who among us hasn't felt that way? Yeah. Again, he belongs to her, that they are together in this. Reaffirming. Reaffirming that he is hers. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's finished, obviously. Done. Done. Being made a liar out of. Done. Samurais carry swords. Is he cutting her with his lies? Like splitting her? <gasps> I wonder if this sword in my samurai, the sa- the sword the samurai holds. Is the YKTR is sword. Is the YKTR sword. Oh my God, you just oh blew this God. wide open. So is Joseph Ciccarelli the samurai making a liar out of her? <gasps> He carved his way into her heart. Oh, my God. Or he... Oh, my God. Into her so, secret places. She was lying when she was doing Why Can't I Read? It wasn't who she really was. That's what this song is about. Mm. We figured it out. Okay. And we're not even done. Okay. Let's keep going. She just wanted to be happy. She yeah. wanted commercial success. Exactly. She wanted a hit album. Exactly. To be you. To be you. To be Pat Benatar. Yeah, she's saying this might be Talita Ford, Pat Benatar. Oh, Talita Ford. Uh, are any mm-hmm. of them connected, affiliated with Samuraiism? Samuratis? The Glitterati. The Glitterati of Samurais. Samuratis. Maybe. Are we going to be labeled suppressive Samurais? I hope not. <laughs> I can't be on two suppressive lists. One is fine. <laughs> Exactly. I agree with that. I mean, so clearly this is funny to her. I think she's, I feel mocked. Uh, yeah, by as that. Do I. She's as like, do I. oh, you think this is funny? Right. I know in the past I've said something along the lines of you can laugh, it's kind of funny, but you've taken it too far. Right. <laughs> it feels a little also sensual. This is how I imagine her in the church, in the back of the church during Muhammad, my friend, when it came to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Exactly. second time around when she repeats it it's clearer it is yes it's a little more clear so she is being very assertive about what she wants Mm -hmm. she wants to go to the sanctuary Mm -hmm. 
take her to the sanctuary. Take her down to the sanctuary. So is sanctuary hell? Take me down to the sanctuary? I mean, maybe, but sanctuary is also another word for um, the main worship area of a church, oh, particularly yeah. a Protestant church. And she was essentially recording in a sanctuary. So. Oh, interesting. Yeah. At this point, she's looking around the room like, take me to the, um, the sanctuary. Right. Sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> was this recorded, though? Was this recorded in the church? I doubt it. I doubt it. Yeah. I think this was We're in Louisiana New Orleans, here, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's how I feel because there's something different about this piano, the sound of the piano, and the sound of the piano in other B-sides that we'll cover. But, you know, she's got her eyes closed and is remembering the church probably right mm-hmm. in the sanctuary i mean every time she closes her eyes Tori's in a church yeah i'm exactly. sure so and i'm free gonna be i do love this belting in all seriousness to belt out with such power and i'm free i'm gonna be free like there's something so moving about that to me and that's part part of why i love it so much i agree and that's very much of the pele era sort of that unhinged manner of singing she had not done in studio before and that was also a preview of things to come on the tour on the tour yeah 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 you know me i said i'm gonna be Singing to somebody, you know me. I said I'm going to be free. Mm. You know me. And she was free. Oh, how free she was. She was getting there anyway with this album. Again with her samurai. We get it. Hands off, ladies. (laughs) Taking my face and she's taking it. Taking my face and sticking it on a daisy. Is that what she's saying? A, a daisy. Daisy? Mm-hmm. Whose face? And well, m- my face, so Tori's so face. So Tori's face. Well, and what significance does a daisy have? Daisy dead petals. Okay, but I'm serious. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. So am I. I don't joke about daisy dead petals. Don't Christ you dare <laughs> don't joke about daisy. Okay, no, but daisies grow in quantity. So just taking my face and sticking on daisy, is that like a reference to i mean i don't know a daisy means nothing for some reason to me it's a playful flower right it is a playful flower it sort of make me makes me think of spring Mm -hmm. and something that's resilient Mm -hmm. new growth maybe Mm -hmm. so just Mm -hmm. a nod Mm -hmm. to rebirth and resilience love it but who's the she that's sticking it on a daisy and is she perhaps the figure that's behind the absence of the song did tori and she have a, have a falling out, much the way she did with um, the woman from Cooling who got too many brambles. Oh. Drop that bridge. We know Homegirl yeah. can hold a grudge. You cross her, she'll be like, I'm not performing this song that references you. Right. <laughs> right. Good luck. Oh, no. Good luck with that. Well, I think we've nailed it. I think we've figured this song <laughs> Should out. Should we high five? Yeah. Let's high five. Tori and George Porter Jr. would at the end, probably. Here. Uh Okay, we got it. We just put the samurai lyrics up and we say words. You do your thing. your break i feel rested feel rested mm-hmm. how's your handful of sour patch all this kids? relaxing and tory talking it's taking a lot out of me yeah i mean and now i'm just gracelessly shoveling sour patch kids into my mouth what you do on your own break is your own business <laughs> well after our very insightful line by line that we just went through <laughs> we found this thread on unforums called tory's most wtf moments And we want to read a little bit of it. Okay, I will play the part of someone who loves samurai, typecasting. And David will play the part of a wretched naysayer. Do you have any notes for me before we begin? Because Um, wretched naysayer is so far beyond 
my typical. <laughs> I'm usually more foolish boob than wretched <laughs> naysayer, so I can I can get there though. Hang okay. on, I, I believe uh, in you. I do believe that you can get there. Mur- mur- murder the most melons. I'm I think doing my warm ups <laughs> and vocalizations. You know New York. You Ma. need New York. You know you need unique New York. <laughs> okay, here we go. Oliver, music, please. For me. Some of the most WTF moments have been at meet and greets. For example, quote, I never wrote a song called Samurai. Um, wasn't that I don't have a song called Samurai quote from an M&G in 2005 slash 2007? It's pretty obvious to me that Samurai is at least half improv and it's never really been played live. There's one jokey semi-performance before tearing your hand on the voices in the air boot. So it's not surprising to me that Tori would have forgotten about it. It's not like it's something she gets asked about a lot. And if she couldn't remember to play it in 1996, there's no way she'd still remember it 10 years later. Forgetting she wrote Samurai is not particularly shocking. It seems quite tossed off, doesn't it? True, but it's on a CD single, lol. The label usually handles the CD singles, though. You'd think an artist would be able to keep track of what is and isn't released, but after a point, it's easy to lose track. You'd be surprised how many artists don't realize what their B-sides were or forgot them along the way. Uh, you could tell from listening to Samurai and the spoken bit at the end that it was an improv song. It wouldn't surprise me that she forgot about it. It's just like forgetting lyrics. We, as fans, love and cherish the stuff and have it memorized, but it probably doesn't work that way for Tori. I doubt she's playing her own b-sides or live bootlegs too much. (laughs) Just listening to Samurai for the first time in 700 years. Seriously, why was this song ever officially put out? That in itself is significant WTF. Samurai is actually one of my favorite B-sides. <laughs> what do you like about Samurai? It has no emotional depth. It doesn't really even have lyrics. She shrieks atonally and I don't know, it just goes nowhere. It's really just a throwaway improve. I don't get it. One of your favorite Tori Amos B-sides? That is a bold claim, friend. Do tell. You said it, it's just a studio improv and that's what I love about it. The piano in it, especially near the end, is great. I don't hear it as atonal shrieking. I actually really like the vocal because it captures a lot of what her voice sounded like during the DDI tour. It's her being spontaneous and goofy and something I thought was really refreshing considering her heavier songs. The live version is great too. I'm gonna have me a lollipop when I get off this stage. I don't uh, remember anything about Samurai. What is Samurai? I remember a movie in which Tom Cruise dressed as one. I love Samurai. It's short and it's simple and it's just a B-side. I'd rather listen to it on repeat for the rest of the day than to listen to Giant's Rolling Pin even once. The Pele Bees were called silly songs for a reason. I mean, I think it's kind of silly to expect it to be Siren. I love Samurai for what it is. And I miss the days when her off the cuff cuts sounded like this, you know? Instead of my telephone life in the back of my jeans. More Samurai love. It's such a great tune. And it's in the class of Tori B-sides that I love. Studio cuts where she's just ad-libbing so brilliantly. Scene. David, you're a brilliant actor. We're on the line with Jared Good. He's a friend and a supporter and a self-proclaimed samurai lunatic, a semitic. Hi, Jared Good. Hello, Ephraim. This is not Mr. Zebra. Hi. 
It's just like in my DNA now. I just have to greet you with that forever. How are you? I'm I'm good. I'm going loony over Samurai, apparently. Yeah, you're a Samatic. So um, we spoke to Jared last on our Mr. Zebra episode. You can go back and listen to that. Why do you find that you are fascinated with these short, silly songs, first and foremost, Jared? That's my first question for you. Oh, well, that's a great question, and I definitely am. Um, well, you know, I mean, with Mr. Ziva, it really is, like, more of a theatrical thing, but I'm also just, I always take the things that are, like, whimsical, and Samurai is really kind of an outlier among even the silly songs, because it is, like, I mean, it's definitely, like, a, a jam, right? Uh, it reminds because I write songs, and it reminds me so much of, like, a lot of times when I write songs, I do it through voice memo on my phone. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll just have, like, an idea and a melody, and I'm just kind of, like, riffing, and I'll have, like, some lyrics in mind and a lot of just nonsense coming out of my mouth. And um, when I listen to Samurai, it it feels a bit like that. I mean, it's obviously an improv because there's like a fade in at the beginning and she's telling him, you do your thing. And we they're just like jamming, right? Um, of course. Yeah. That melody line at the end or that like little bridge moment and I'm free, I'm going to be. She's done that a few times. And I think that that was maybe circling in her head. Absolutely. Um, and it just happened to find a home in this little jam that then someone decided well, to... Actually- I'm sorry to speak over you, but no, um, has, stop me when I've said something to infuriate you. I am, I am angry. I, I'm um, livid. So my my question about okay, so with that bridge piece, which is obviously like kind of the the signature moment of Samurai in a way, like Samurai is like the song that I put on when I just really need to feel like joy, and once I get to that bridge, I'm just gonna be like belting in harmony with her and it's like one of the few songs of hers that is just like when i need to like harmonize with tori and just belt like that's the go-to which is more of an aside because what i was going to say was although that bridge has shown up other times do we know or do we not know that it could have originated during this jam is there any like evidence to the contrary i think it maybe did originate during this jam, but if I'm thinking honestly, if I'm thinking like the time frame, I think maybe this song was, you know, they were jamming, they were pre-recording whatever track that he was cutting the bass for. Maybe the, yeah. that's what was happening. And then, yeah, it did stick with her if this was the first time, but she never even remembered the whole piece until someone unearthed it and was like, let's put this as a B-side. <laughs> That's how I think it happened, if I'm thinking through it. Oh, you mean because then it would like it would come up other times even when it wasn't necessarily like officially declared as a song? Yeah. Yeah, because it, that yeah. that bridge piece kept showing up and so it didn't seem like she was necessarily married to the song, but that that piece kept resurfacing. Oh, sure. Well, she clearly... Well, yeah, she definitely wasn't married to the song. Uh, exhibit A, her live performance of it, right. where it was 96 and she didn't know the words to it. And Exhibit B, let's look at the remaster. Right. Is clearly absent. Painfully absent. I know. I would um, say Exhibit B.5 is also being asked about it at a, at a meet and greet in 2005. And her saying, I don't have a song called Samurai. So oh, well, there, there you have it. B.5. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, 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 of course. But yeah, I mean, I just wonder sometimes, like, in terms of the way that these songs kind of grow with her and how she does sometimes discover those seeds. I mean, we don't really know. We don't know if it, like, it had been kind of circling around in her brain or, like, in doing this jam with George, it just kind of emerged and she just had that in her back pocket and was like, one of these days, this is going to become something else. And then it never One really of these did. days, this is going to blow everyone away. One of these days, I'm going to put this hot bridge into a hot song. Oh, my God. What if she didn't include it on the remaster because she knew it was going to be born into like a song that she regarded as a true song and that maybe that will appear on say the next album yeah well like i've always thought that that i'm free gonna be part that she loved that part so much that the 
that she's saving it for like another song. Like it's going to, we'll, yeah. we'll see it again. And she doesn't want to commit it necessarily to the samurai archives. I also thought, I mean, and this might be like way out there. Did you guys talk about motor maids at all? In um, we're going to, we're going to speak of motor maids in chronological order of release yeah, date. I know. I know that I know that motor maids itself appears later because of, chronological release dates but if it wasn't for her comment about the picking up the samurai book and reading words then i would feel a little bit more secure in saying this but when you look at the fact that you know where else does she reference a samurai except in motor maids i don't know if george porter jr had at some point tracked some kind of baseline for motor maids it didn't stay in or something um but it just makes me think, oh, if they had been messing around and then, like, that samurai thing kind of stuck out, or maybe she'd, like, let him hear the song or something, and then that could have, like, led into her kind of improving about a samurai. Like, that could this song be some kind of weird sort of companion piece to Motormates? Including it during the Pele era was, like, her way of kind of giving almost like a placeholder for Motormates so that when the rematcher happened and Motormates actually appeared, that it didn't make sense for Samurai to be in the mix anymore. I know this is, like, this is, like, conspiracy theory. <laughs> I just, like... Really, like, digging deep into my brain. But, you know, I'm also, I've just been trying to figure out why it didn't show up on the remaster. I mean, I also wonder, when I think about, like, George Porter Jr., and because he didn't talk about this at all in your interview with him, right? That you guys talked about Till the Chicken. We did talk a little bit about Till the Chicken. Okay, and so, okay, and the Till the Chicken thing, because he was talking about how they were also kind of just, like, jamming, and maybe it had just been, like, room mics that, picked everything up mm-hmm. um keeping that in mind and sort of like looking at the recording of still chicken and then looking at the recording of samurai at first i was like mm, could this have all sort of happened in the same place or you know that's the same setup it does seem more like i don't know even like i mean it's hard to say because still chicken has been like officially remastered and samurai has not so that automatically it's gonna sound a little different but samurai feels like it could be a little bit roomier overall so i don't know i, I was just curious because you know at the end she's like we need to cut this one too or cut that one too or whatever mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh and of course that could all it may not have actually all gone together and they might have just kind of dropped it in there but um like is it possible that they maybe like improvised the tilda chicken stuff um and then ended up like cutting it in a more true like studio situation while while everyone was like around watching because, like, even going into Amazing Grace, like, it implies that they had already kind of worked on it, and they were going to, like, do it again. Because mm-hmm. she's like, well, we need to do something else first. It just, I don't know, that made me feel like, okay, they already, like, gone through to the chicken a bit, and, like, you know, that was them just kind of, like, using Amazing Grace to, like, lead into a little more, like, finely tuned uh, version of whatever they had been kind of riffing. And with Samurai, maybe this was sort of, like, the sketch but then they didn't end up going in and like cutting a true version of it oh that's interesting i I hear what you're saying so she's saying let's like this is you know this jam that we did we got to cut this one like do an actual recording of it so you're right yeah yeah. so you're saying that you feel that this is maybe (laughs) what george porter was talking about when he's in the room you know like they're wherever the piano and they were just kind of jamming in like the foyer or whatever he was talking about Right. Like, there clearly is a mic that she had near her. Absolutely. Well, I've thought about all of, like, even when he said that, I thought, like, wherever Tori has a piano, if they're recording in the middle of recording an album, I'm sure the piano is mic'd up in some way. Sure, yeah. So that that doesn't strike me as odd that they could be in the foyer, because I'm sure Mm -hmm. if if it's big enough for a piano, they've put a mic on it, and they've, you know... So that's fine. But that's really interesting that they maybe were going to go back and and cut this song again, you know, as an actual song and maybe just never got around to it. Or maybe they did and we just have never heard it. Oh, my God. Sure. Well, and what if that's like what or what if they did and something happened and like maybe the reason they included this was because their actual recording of it vanished or some, uh, or wasn't as knows. fun. We're trying to create so much more mythology that they <laughs> actually need to be in place. 
<laughs> Here's a question for you regarding samurai. What book do you think she was talking about when she said, we'll get the samurai book up and just read words? Okay, so that's what I'm saying. This is what kind of fucks with my theory a little bit, it, that it could have been just sort of like a motor maid connected thing. Because that implies to me that there's somewhere where there's like books or they had a book nearby that had a samurai and that's what like triggered her to go into this. Because, okay, can we talk about the lyrics for a second? Sure. Or the, the lack thereof? Yes. Um, first off, there there is nowhere that these officially exist, right? Right. Okay, like the internet, it's all just Speculation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. When I say that it sounds like one of my voice memos, like, I really think that, like, part of it is nonsense words yeah it's just like a lot of filling in along with the like playing along the melody line like a sketch but with no actual words right like there's some pieces that stick out and then she's gonna go back and like fill the rest of it in later potentially yeah exactly so i almost sort of feel like if there was a literal book about samurais somewhere near george and tori when they were jamming out then maybe if they went into the studio and do this again, maybe she would just like pull it out and read words from the book so that she had like actual lyrics to sing. Yeah. But like I said, it kind of kills my idea that it was like connected to Motormaid because she was thinking about the Samurais from Motormaid because I mean, she didn't like have the Motormaid's book nearby, which isn't necessarily a Samurai book anyway. Um, I don't know how that kills your theory, even if they are close to cutting Motormaids, if there is a Samurai book up. I I always thought that the Samurai book was a big picture book with, like, My Little Samurai. <laughs> like, a little... Yeah. Well, I mean, when, when you think about, like, I don't remember how... I mean, I know the Beekeeper, she talks a lot about being inspired by, you know, the art books and stuff. I was sort of more imagining this, like, big coffee table book. Um, I've always imagined this, like, little golden book, this, like, little kid's book, but but now I've imagined, now I imagine like really just like the art of the samurai or, you know, some yeah. samurai guidebook. That's what I imagine now. The life philosophy of samurai. I don't know. We can ask her. Jared, you're on that one next tour. Thank on you. Next tour, I, I shall. And she'll just look at me and be like, I don't have a song called Samurai. I still don't know her. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I was just going to tell you that. You know, I had this whole like philosophy about motor maids potentially. Mm-hmm. And then in preparation for this, you know, I wanted to listen to Samurai some more and I you know, I told my phone to play Tori and the Samurai and then it started playing Motor Maids. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my god, Whoa. it's a sign. It's like confirmation for a second. I just thought the universe was like validating me. <laughs> the only other thing I did want to touch a little more on the lyrics. Because obviously, like, the the lyrics that I see written online, I do not fully agree with. Um, yeah, definitely not. And I, not only because some of them, I think, are, like, kind of nonsense, but um, what I do like, the lyrics that stand out in terms of, like, stuff that clearly are the words she's saying, you know, I just, I love that it's, like, going to the sanctuary to be happy, gonna be free, if you just sense that there's like if Paley, you know Paley as a narrative almost like if this is like a part of the narrative, it really does feel like the end of the narrative. You know that maybe the samurai is taking her to the end to where she knows about her love too. Like she has like perspective on it now. Um, oh wow, that's great. Just that like those. Well, just because I feel like, you know, when you're kind of doing a little bit of nonsense words as you're making this sketch, the things that jump out are probably where you're, I don't know, like subconsciously where you are emotionally with all of it, or at least narratively where she is. I agree. Um, so, so I just think that like this idea of like freedom and, and also even just looking at that Gamesville performance and the fact that it leads into tear in your hand, which you know, obviously, like, kind of, like, time to say goodbye. Like, it, there's, like, a certain kind of, like, resolution to it, even if, like, the, obviously, the game's little performance, she did not know, you know, a lot of the words, partly because you look back at this recording, and what are you going to sing, you know? <laughs> right, right. But, but I just think, I think that's kind of cool. Like, I don't necessarily, I can't really, like, give this song a lot of meaning, but, like, the words I do take from it, um, just really suggest like freedom and joy and 
some kind of like redemption or security and safety or they get a little bit of that. And then when you look at if around the same time they were doing kind of this like amazing grace into the till the chicken thing that it all has this kind of like redemptive feel. I mean, not so much till the chicken, but definitely like amazing grace that has this kind of, I don't know, this feeling of redemption and kind of coming out of this crazy fucking trial by fire. I don't know. So well said. Jared. Jared Good. You can find him on Instagram at Jared the Good with an E at the end. Please follow him. We'll have him back many times. You're very great and very good, Jared. You are great. It's such a pleasure. Thank you for asking me to be part of this. I love conspiracy theorying with you. Yeah. When's the next short song we get to talk to you? Is it going to be Finn from the Great Expectations soundtrack? No. <laughs> I mean, the lyrics in Finn are ridiculously amazing like the high yeah 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 those, those. I mean, it's not as glamorous as it looks. I mean, there's a lot to consider. It's not. It's just business. It's not. It's not, it's glamorous. not glamorous. It's just business. Exactly. There's a lot to consider. We've got to look at all the live performances, and in this case, there's two. Not to mention a promo performance, and we've got to weigh them against each other. I might need another break after one. Yeah. <laughs> Let's. Uh, you don't like Samurai, I'm gathering. No, that. Um, that's not true. Okay. Well, I love Samurai. So let's start. On February 9th, 1996, Tori performed this song as a medley with this old man on KSCA Radio. Here that is. twice in 1996 on the Do Drop In Tour and the first time ever was in Gainesville on April 10th. Let's, you want to hear that, David? I do. Okay, let's start there. Someone shout this out. It doesn't seem like it, right? Like they're switching out the harmonium, and she I think just she, is sort I think of like what else? Oh, and because she said, "Here, listen." She's got to go now. She's got. She's a date. 
I'm trying to accommodate you. Oh, right. But, and it's very loose, but you know, it proves that she does know that song. So why do you have to, why do you have to shade your own songs and pretend you don't know it? Maybe she forgot it. It's, you know, I can believe that she forgot it. At but this point. At this point. Yeah. But by then, no, because yeah. she had put it on a single and she didn't forget it. No, she did not forget it. She just it. didn't want to play it. So stop asking, 96 peeps. <laughs> do you want to hear the second time she performed it, that tour? Yes, I would. I was at this show. Oh, this is Los Angeles, California, 1996. Show three. Something. And this is barely a performance of the song. Yeah. She sings a line yeah. from it, right? But the best line, here we go. Mm-hmm. Feel free. I feel free. You're going to be. I'm going to be. Mm. Yeah. Well, David, another fine performance. Can you believe I went to theater camp for three years as a kid and I was an usher every time? <laughs> Never cast once. <laughs> that's really terrible. Exactly. Really sad. That's really sad. Because you go to theater camp, I don't know. To not become a ticket taker. And I. <laughs> I did win like the equivalent of Miss Congeniality, though. Oh well, yeah, of course I believe that. <laughs> I'm in that. Here, here you do too. I'll let you in, even though the performance has already started. Oh, exactly. <laughs> um, anyway, I think we're done. Samurai in the canarai. Mm-hmm. Yes, you canarai. Sour Patch Kids. I can't stop eating now. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, this retreat. Whenever we finish this retreat, we're gonna roll on out. We're gonna. <laughs> this old man will come right. rolling home. <laughs> Rolling right to the graveyard. Mm. You know what I love? What? Sandwiches. <laughs> okay, good night. Good night. Yeah, good night. Do sam- samurais have anything to do with sumo wrestlers? <laughs> I mean, no. Okay, that clears up a lot. Thank you. up and just read words. <clears throat> Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoriamis.com.